0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here again. The season is over. I know we've talked about this a little bit, guys, but the content train does not stop. We're already looking forward to all of the fun stuff we're going to be doing this off season with you. We've got, um, I think, a really interesting show here today like during during the season Colin the show is so formulaic I guess it kind of has to be because we have to yeah. get everything in there and you know less than an hour and a half but we can we can play around with things a little more some some good discussion here tonight
1: yeah I'm, I'm excited for it too I mean during the season you definitely you want to hit on waiver wire players you know you want to hit on players that improved and and you know players that decrease their stock like Those are the things you got to hit on because it's relevant at the time. You know, we we have to help people adjust, you know, especially if they're not aware of something going on. We have to talk news. So like you said, very formulaic. Then we do our start sits every week. Um, But in the off season, it's it's, it's wide open. The world is our oyster.
0: Oh, oh, the world is our oyster. I don't really know what that means. I don't really
1: either. Like the oyster in a pearl or, or in a no, that doesn't even make any sense.
0: I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know where that saying comes from. It always seems so weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that'll be our homework assignment for the next episode. We'll both look that up, and then, or let's let's both give explanations on the next one, and people can decide whose is the best as to where it comes from. And we just okay. It come up. That okay. sounds. That sounds. That's the homework assignment. There we go uh, for next week. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get into the the show here. Before we begin, guys, this podcast is. Part of the fantasy points media group along with some of the other great podcasts including the true north fantasy podcast the play to win podcast dynasty happy hour the injury prone podcast with dr edwin porus dynasty vipers the smoke show the triple play fantasy and the fantasy points podcast itself you can follow all of these wonderful shows on one place on twitter at fantasy points live or check out our friday drops that recap everything that happened that week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, Colin, we started off last show with Headlines, Coaching Carousel Edition, and Transfer Portal Edition. We had to break it into two pieces. We have to do it again tonight. It's probably the last time we'll have to break this news into two separate pieces. But this stuff has just been bonkers the past few weeks. I think the biggest name so far that's moved has to be Brent Venables. We talked to Lincoln Riley last time. We talked Billy Napier. We talked Brian Kelly. If you want to hear our thoughts on any of those instant reactions, because they'd all just happened, go ahead. Listen to last week's episode. They're all on there. Since Lincoln Riley's departure to USC, um, Brett Venables is uh, has been hired, is the guy to Oklahoma. He was there previously from 1999 to 2011, uh, was there uh, with Bob Stoops there, won a national championship, then went to Oklahoma, now is back home. Colin, I'm really you. We talked about this beforehand. I think we do. We have very different opinions on whether this is a good hire or not. So I want to hear first off. Let, let, let's start with: Is this a good hire? And then we can kind of get into some other predictions here.
1: Yeah. So I think this is a little bit of a nuanced question here because
0: no, 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 no. it's a yes or no, Colin. The world's <laughs> black and white, no gray.
1: World's black and white, no, not a good hire.
0: elaborate oh okay
1: well i mean sorry you said it was black and white <laughs> no um so i think the problem that i have is not with brent venables uh, i think brent venables is a great coach i think he's a very good recruiter i think he coached up clemson's defense to be one of the best every single year um you know during his tenure there uh, including you know when he was you know, not the assistant head coach kind of a role, you know, even when he was just a DC linebackers coach kind of a thing, uh, you know, he always had that, that defense really humming, really clicking recruits at a phenomenal level. They routinely get some of the best defensive recruits in the recruits in the country. So I think that's great. And I think he's going to be able to translate that and do that at Oklahoma because uh, he was doing it at a very high level at Clemson. My problem with the hire is I have a hard time justifying hiring a defensive minded head coach, just because the game is so offensive driven nowadays that if he does get a good offensive coordinator there, you know, um, it sounds like what um, Levy is, is that who he's bringing with him? Maybe.
0: Uh, It's not, there's nothing official there. There's discussion that might be Levy. And then there's also discussion that he's keeping on like all of the offensive staff. Because Riley didn't take like any of those guys with him, but he took Wrench and some of the defensive guys. So yeah. it's a very weird how this is playing out. Yeah.
1: So that'll be interesting to see. But I think, you know, let's say he brings in Levy. You know, I think Levy's a good offensive coordinator. You know, I think he has a good track record there. Let's say he brings in Levy. Levy has one or two good years, then he's gone. You know, he's gonna go be a head coach somewhere else. So with with how important the offensive side of the ball is nowadays, just to the game of football, especially in college football he's going to have to churn through offensive coordinators and f- repeatedly try and find, you know, a good offensive coordinator. And we see that struggle at, you know, a place like Penn state, you know, Penn state, James Franklin's not an offensive or defensive minded head coach. Really. You know, he's, he's a recruiter and that's great, but the offense goes as the OC goes. And when the OC goes, you know, we had more head more heads gone, you know, he hit or miss there, but I think we can agree. He's a good offensive coordinator. And then, you know, we move on to Ricky Ronnie after that, and the offense struggles. We move to C. and the offense struggles. So having, if you have the opportunity to be, you know, at Oklahoma to go get a great offensive-minded head coach, um, I don't really know if there were any out there at this point in this game. You know, they kind of got left to hanging out to dry. But it's hard to justify paying a defensive coordinator as a head
0: coach just because of the offensive turnover you're going to have, I think. So, I kind of get what you're saying, but Oklahoma is the kind of, it is very much like a destination. Agree. I don't think they're going to have that difficult of a time pulling in offensive coordinators. I think he's the perfect hire there, a guy that has connections to Oklahoma, uh, was there for years before. I. this is somewhat tangential, but also very, you know, also kind of on the nose here for this particular topic. I think we find out in the next two years who really made things happen at Clemson while they were a, a, a strong championship contending program every single year. Was it Dabo? Did he, was, you know, he a really good CEO type coach that 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 brought in you know Jeff Scott to be a really good offensive coordinator before he left, and, and uh, Brett Venables, who was obviously a, a top top defensive coordinator before he's now gone. Can he find replacements for those guys? Adequate replacements? He's done a very poor job with on the offensive coordinator side <laughs> of things. Can he do it on the defensive coordinator side of things? I think I, I think we find out within two years what Dabo's made of. And related to that, I think, you know, we'll we'll find out how much was Venables. If Oklahoma continues to just, you know, hum along, they bring back some of the guys that went into the portal that haven't decided to go anywhere yet. They bring back some of these recruits they dropped. I would assume a lot of the defensive ones that dropped are probably going right. to come back with Venables now. They had a lot of four-star uh, guys on that side of the ball. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to be really intriguing. And if I had to put my money somewhere – I'm going to bet that over the next two to three years, Brett Venables at Oklahoma outperforms Dabo Swinney at Clemson, and I know that's kind of crazy talk because Clemson gets the the cupcake schedule every year in the ACC. There, but I and just Oklahoma's
1: I, heading to the SEC.
0: I, I I just I have a sneaking suspicion that's so I, I'm interested to see how that plays out.
1: No, I think that's. I think that's definitely an interesting take and I don't disagree with you. It'll definitely be interesting to see how that shakes out there. I I do think Venables had a large, a a large role in the success that Clemson had there. Uh, We'll see how big of a role it was, but like I said, I just, there's going to be constant offensive turnover there and he can recruit the, the heck out of the defensive side of the ball. Can he do it on the offensive side too? So I don't know what that offense is going to, to look like year in and year out uh, under Venables. And that's why I'm I'm worried about the hire. I think Brent Venables, great coach, great defensive guy. It's just. It's a philosophical thing for me,
0: for what it's worth. The best coach in the game is a defensive guy, so it has no problem replacing his offensive coordinator every other season. Just throwing that's, that out there. Just he's also that out there. he's also an outlier in every sense of the word. Hmm. Because okay. he's the greatest coach in the game right now, and probably of all time. Okay, I just just wanted to throw that out there. Just you know, I I felt like I, I was obligated to uh, here in my role. All right, um, three other well, two big name ones, and then a, a smaller one, and then we'll move on to some players here. Colin Marcus Freeman officially uh, promoted to that job at Notre Dame a day or two after we talked. We kind of speculated on this show as to who would get that job. We thought, you know, do they call uh, Luke Fickle? Do they call? Um, uh, Matt Campbell, they ended up going, you know,' promoting Freeman, who's the defense coordinator there. The videos that, that I've seen already of these kids getting hyped because they you know Notre Dame still got uh, a, a big bull game here. They seem like they're happy for him to be there. Is this an upgrade at, at Coach for Notre Dame Colin? Um, again, I, I just have a hard time shut up the- about the defense stuff, Colin. <laughs> shut up.
1: Um, no, I don't think this is an upgrade either. And I also think that Notre Dame should have went out and got Luke fickle. Now Marcus Freeman for 98% of teams out there, 95% of teams out there, high nineties, most teams in the country, great hire, fantastic hire. But at Notre Dame, you have a certain standard you have to keep every single year and Marcus Freeman doesn't have any head coaching experience. You know, he's he's been a great defensive coordinator for a number of years with a number of different teams. You know, I think he could recruit very well, but he doesn't have any head coaching experience. And at Notre Dame, I don't think you needed to necessarily take that gamble. I mean, if you really wanted him, you had to do it this year. So if he really was your guy, you really believe in him, and they know more than I do Great, but I would have went out and I would have thrown the bag at Luke Fickle. If he, Luke Fickle is only going to leave Cincinnati for a handful of jobs. And I don't see Ohio State coming open anytime soon. I think Notre Dame would have been one of them. And we've seen Luke Fickle do it consistently. Um, You know, he has Cincinnati humming. He has him in the playoff as a G5 team. You know, I think he's done a phenomenal job there. And I think he has a track record that. Notre Dame can really stand behind and Marcus Freeman just doesn't quite have that same track record. So I think just because it's Notre Dame and the caliber of that program, it wasn't the best hire. I think they could have made. We talked about throwing the bag at Riley and Brian Kelly. You know, Notre Dame is not that far behind those other two programs.
0: First, I will say, I think, I think they had to have back channeled Luke Fickle who was the only outside candidate in my mind that made sense at all. Ryan Day is never going to leave Ohio State for Notre Dame. It's a step down, and he has no connection there. Campbell, I don't think would have left for Notre Dame either. Like I think he's just happy being, and I'm sure they probably asked him too, but I bet he's just happy being at Iowa State. The thing that I think you just ignored in your analysis, I don't want to ignore, it's probably too strong of a word, but Neg- neglected they Just they neglected. would have lost they would have had an oklahoma style exodus if they had not promoted freeman they uh, would have lost a good point probably all of this recruiting class which i believe is top three or four this year and i believe as of now they have the second rated class for next season they're in on a couple other guys too i know that that five-star safety from iowa is between notre dame iowa and ohio and ohio state um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Like if he had, if he had left, that that would have been that never would have happened. So I think for continuity's sake, they had to hire him. I think that him and Tommy Reese and some of those other assistants that he retained did a really good job of kind of forcing Notre Dame's hand in a good way by saying, "Look, we'll stay, but you have to give us a lot more money. You have to give us a lot more." Uh, um You know, resources, resources uh, for recruiting and things like that. I heard they weren't even allowed to take the private plane on recruiting until <laughs> now. Tommy Tommy Reese negotiated that when he when Brian Kelly tried to poach him away. So Notre Dame was just way behind the times. This hire, not only does I think do I think it's a good hire from a uh, he's going to be a good coach there standpoint. I think it's a good hire from because I I think when when Kelly left the question was. I think most of us that aren't Notre Dame fans don't consider Notre Dame a tier one program anymore. We kind of consider them in that second tier. Right. The question was, is that even too lofty of status for them based on all, you know, they they don't spend any money. They're cheap. They, you know, they don't let them go on the plane to recruit people. (laughs) I mean, they won't spend on facilities. Meanwhile, you know, Alabama builds a new practice facility every third year. Uh, Texas A and M has this huge, you know, NIL thing set up for all the kids there, and they just all make a shit ton of money. And Notre Dame had none of that. Notre Dame was like in the, you know, the nineteen late or early nineteen nineties, and all these teams are in twenty twenty one. So I think from that that standpoint, I think uh, getting a really young, upcoming coaching staff is actually a really good thing for Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I, you brought up a lot of great points there. Definitely keeping
1: the. Team, the recruiting classes intact is big. Uh, and that's that's a good point there, too. And if they can get them to consistently spend up, you know, and give them the resources, then I think Marcus Freeman can definitely be successful. I'm just saying, I think it was a risk that they didn't necessarily need to take with Freeman. I think, I mean, maybe they did back channel Fickle and maybe Fickle said no. And then if that's the case, then Freeman's a great hire. But I think Notre Dame is the type of place and the type of team that should be able to throw the bag at somebody and say,
0: you're coming with us. You know, what's it going to take here? Because the The thing is, like, if you think about all the other coaches that were still available at the time, none of them would have gone to Notre Dame. Like Mario Cristobal, who we're going to talk about here in a second, would never have gone there. Brett Venables never would have gone there. Um I, yeah. I mean, name another guy. Uh, Billy Napier never would have gone there. Like, none of these guys are ever going to go to Notre Dame. That's not really their style. Right. So, I don't know. So, yeah. I,
1: like I said, if they couldn't get Fickle, then Freeman, I think, is a good hire. But I just I, – just knowing, you know, what I've heard about Fickle, like, he wants to be in the Midwest. He's an Irish Catholic guy. Like, he was he – mentions his, you know, religious – background there you know being c- catholic and stuff and and that's that's the place that you would go if you were a catholic and wanted to coach in the midwest <laughs> 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 so I, I have a hard time seeing him saying no
0: if you got those two things you're golden <laughs> um, well speaking of mario cristobal mario cristobal former oregon head coach here um in a somewhat drawn out and weird saga is now officially the head coach of Miami. I believe that was announced um, today officially um, getting a huge, huge contract there leaving Oregon. I think if you had told Oregon fans that a month ago, they really would not have believed you, but two losses to Utah later, Lincoln Riley coming in, uh, you know, big Dick swinging at USC kind of complicates things there for the Oregon coach, especially since Oregon has really made their money recruiting Southern California. That might not necessarily be a possibility anymore. So from some perspectives, this makes sense. Unfortunately for Manny Diaz, who was the head coach of Miami, Miami decided they were going to wait until they hired Mario Cristobal <laughs> and then wait several more hours and then fire Manny Diaz, who was like going door to door with these recruits and telling them, yeah, I'm going to be here next year. And then, you know, looks down at his phone and he's like, ah, shit. Um, <laughs> how Miami handled this aside which was probably by all accounts questionable poorly done questionable yes um oh. what is this a good hire i guess is the first question i want to ask you uh for miami yeah
1: i think so um i think cristobal is a great recruiter we've seen that he's been able to do it at oregon you know and i think that's gonna bode really well in Florida where if you can keep some of that homegrown talent there I, I mean just just keeping players in the state of Florida and winning the state of Florida compared to the other schools that are there would give Miami you know top 10 recruiting classes most years you know and then if you trickle into Georgia and poach some guys and trickle into Alabama or you know the, the other nearby states you can you can pick up some other players and I think that they'll have, you know, maybe not next year, um, but they'll have, you know, top 10 recruiting classes very soon. So I think it's a great high from that perspective. Uh, his coaching, you know, uh, he doesn't always make the best decisions, maybe doesn't always adjust the best. Um, you know, they got smoked by Oregon twice, uh, both times this year. You know, he he just has some stumbling blocks, it seems, every year. I don't think he's going to have that in the ACC. I mean, he'll have Clemson, you know, that'll be tough. You know, and then there'll be one other team that's, you know, good at random times, you know, Wake Forest, Pitt, NC State, Um, Florida State will make an appearance every now and then, I'm sure, you know, soon under Norvell, because I like Norvell. So there's going to be one other team there that's, you know, rotating through, uh, but Clemson's really only the big stumbling block there. So he'll have a bit of an easier road at times, I think. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be comparable, at least, whereas he wouldn't have hit you know, he would have run into the buzz saw that was Riley and USC at Oregon. So it, yeah, all around, I think it was a good hire for Miami. I don't love it for Mario Cristobal, but apparently there's some rumors out there that there's a big donor who's going to, you know, throw the checkbook around and upgrade some of the resources and facilities. And if they can do that, then you know maybe yeah it might be a good hire you know similar to like freeman if freeman can get notre dame to spend what they need to spend if chris ball can get miami to spend what they need to spend this they could revive the program
0: i feel like we hear this story every single time they hire somebody new that they're going to spend a lot of money
1: right and that they're, they're saying
0: they're newly committed to you know the football program and it's it's going to be new and improved and better and blah 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 and, and then just three, three years later the guy's gone never really had a chance um And, and so I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Like I, so I, I listed all those things that there were reasons why Mario Cristobal left Oregon at the beginning of the show and still think that it was a bad decision on his part. I don't think at this point, much like Oregon pulling these kids out of Southern Southern California. That's so Southern California to Oregon is what Florida is to Bama right now. Bama goes into Florida and takes whatever kid they want. Yeah. Mario Cristobal is not going to fix that problem. Nick Saban probably just chuckled because <laughs> he's like, okay, like we're not, don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, they're never going to out recruit uh, Alabama there. And to be honest, I still think that like Georgia and those schools are going to pull the kids. They want out of there too. I just, Miami doesn't mean anything anymore as much as Miami fans wanted to, you guys had like a 15 year run. And that's it. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a mean way, but like, I always feel like people, I think it's because a lot of people our age are the one, you know, between the ages of 25 and 35 or 40 are the ones that are kind of in this space. And they remember Miami being good for a few years there when they were kids, but that's not really Miami. So I don't think it's a good job. I think this is a good hire for Miami, but I don't think that if their expectation is we're going to spend all this money and they do spend all this money, their expectation is going to be, you know, we're going to challenge, you know, Clemson or, you know, whoever the top dog in the ACC is. And I don't see that happening. I just really don't.
1: Yeah. I I guess I'm questionable that they're going to spend the money that they need to, because like you said, you know, we've heard it before. Um, and they don't have as rich of donor bases as some of these other schools like Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, USC, like, you know, the money that they bring in revenue wise is not quite as big. Um, overall, I think I uh, if I remember I looked it up when when the hire happened and because I was discussing it in the discord and I think Miami was like 41st, you know, or it was which kind of surprised me. But they're they're not that high in terms of, you know, the money that they have. So. Maybe they can spend more. Maybe they can't. We'll see. But, yeah, I I question that this is a a better job than Oregon. You know, even with Riley out there, Oregon is probably a number two, a solid number two. Is Miami even number two
0: in the ACC? I don't know. Pitt. Pitt. (laughs) Pitt's number one. Pitt has done an excellent job. Just uh, really quick here. None (laughs) of their coaching staff has left so far, including Coach Mary and their wide receiver coach who I – thought might get poached. And the only one that still worries me at all is Oregon. Cause I believe he has uh, a connection there, mm. but holding on to Narduzzi and Marion and Whipple and all these guys has been great, great piece of business for Pitt. So two thumbs way go. up there. Go Pitt. All right. Last one here, Colin, um, that I think is pretty relevant for what we like to talk about, you know, college fantasy and all that jazz. Uh, Jay Norville is leaving Nevada. He's going to Colorado state. Um, from what I hear, this is basically a two pronged issue. Uh, Jay Norville, I believe last year made about 600 grand, Oof. which is a pittance compared <laughs> to basically every other uh, FBS coach, especially with the job that he's done there. And uh, he got there in 2017. They were three and nine uh, since then eight and five, seven and six, seven and two, eight and four this year. Uh, you know, made a bowl game every single year, developed some really good players while he's been there. But they, they wouldn't commit more money to him. They wouldn't commit more facilities there. Colorado State apparently has amazing facilities. You would never have guessed that by how bad they've been recently. But apparently they do, and it's a major money upgrade. I'm interested to see if any guys from Nevada follow him there, um, especially a lot of you know the offensive pieces, the, the wide receivers, Clay Millen, etc. cetera. Um, but this is a pretty good – I mean, this is much better than Gia was, right, there in Colorado State? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think this is a better hire than Adazio. Um
1: it's honestly kind of a shame for Nevada that they let him get away. You know, because I think he he was really was starting, like you're saying, he was really starting to turn that program around. Um, you know, they weren't blowing the recruiting trail away, but it is at the same time Nevada, you know. So they they were they were getting some decent guys in there, and I really respect him, you know, in terms of what he can do as an offensive. Uh, offensive coordinator, or, you know, head coach, offensive mind. So there's nobody on Colorado State right now. Maybe Dante Wright um, that I would look at and say, yeah, I think he's going to explode next year for fantasy. But we'll see who he's able to bring in. Like you said, if he's able to poach some guys with him, you know, maybe get snag somebody out of the corner, out of the portal. You know, maybe Jack Miller goes there. I don't. If he's out towards Arizona, that's not that far away. Um, He gets with an offensive mind there, so if he can bring in a quarterback, maybe a piece or two, they, they could they could be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of guys follow him there in the portal. I think in a year or two, he'll have Colorado State basically the equivalent of what Nevada is now, and I think Nevada probably will just be the equivalent of what Colorado State is now. I think they're just going to flip options, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, uh, it's probably pretty good to hire them th- for them, and and uh, really hurts there for Nevada. I have no idea who's going to be the next coach there. I won't even with. I'm just gonna withhold judgment completely until we hear who that's gonna be. All right, Colin. Headlines: Transfer Portal Edition. Because it's not just the coaches that are going everywhere; it's the players too. That is our motto for this off season. Um, a couple of really big names here. I think the biggest one is Quinn Ewers. So we'll start with him. Um, leaving Ohio State after one year there, played two snaps, I believe, and they're both handoffs. Has not thrown a pass yet in college. Um. Rumored to be heading back home. I mean, I think that was always the assumption. The name's being kicked around right now. Texas, obviously, uh, with Sark there. TCU, uh, possibly an option. And then Texas Tech. There's been a lot of smoke around Texas Tech. They have uh, they just hired the offense coordinator from Western Kentucky. Uh, he is going to be their offense coordinator. He was their QB coach when Patrick Mahomes was there, so he already had the, the Red Raiders connection. Um, so that could be very, very appealing to Quinn Ewers. I don't, I, I don't even know if he's been crystal balled yet. Where do you think he goes calling between those three? It's down to those three, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's down to those three. And just the fact that Texas Tech is even in there is so surprising because, I mean, this, this is Quinn Ewers. This is, you know, the best quarterback recruit of all time, I'm pretty sure, um, by the the composite. I think we talked about that before. So, I mean, and he has the name, too. You know, he had the, the leverage to be able to leave school early and secure a million-dollar NIL deal, which is not something that you can say for every recruit. So he has name, the name power. Uh, Texas Tech does not. I mean, Texas Tech, this would be an absolute coup if they were able to get him. And I think just for the fact of him being, them being in the conversation is a big, uh, you know, boost for Kitley, and, you know, I think that's a good sign for him and a good sign for things for Texas Tech to come. So even if they don't get him, you know, they have that headed in the right direction. But with how NIL-focused Quinn Ewers seemed to be, at least initially, um, as, as part of one of the driving factors of getting him to graduate and declare early and reclassify, I, I feel like Texas a and is the natural fit. Um, you know, they have that NIL program there, for their players, they're gonna be able to get him a lot of money. So I think AM is is the place where if I had to pick
0: a spot right now, I think that's where it would be. They're both the spot that I I would be most upset if he went because I, I don't like Texas AM very much. I don't really like Jimbo Fisher. Um and I also th- like for his development, I think would be just terrible. Um, but I also think that might be the least likely place for him to go. You think A and M is the least likely? I do. I think he did the money for one year. Maybe. He made three million dollars to do nothing this year. That's a good point. Which is a joke. Whoever gave him that money, like if if some CEO or something kind like they should be fired immediately. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> you yeah. give that kid three million dollars and he was blatantly not going to do anything this year. Um I think it I think it's down to AM or Texas. I think it's one of those two schools. There's no crystal so balls too. yet, so I don't know which one he's going to end up at. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think it's one of those, and I think it's a situation with how amazing the portal is now. You can surround him with an amazing supporting cast in one year. Yeah. As soon as he ends up there, anybody that's undecided, like I'm going to talk about, we are doing freshman profiles guys later. So spoiler alert. I'm going to talk about Shaz Preston. Uncommitted. Quinn Ewer shows up at Texas A&M. Can say screw it i'm going to texas a&m to play with quinn you i mean i think he's going to attract recruits i think he's going to attract guys in the portal i think he's going to attract guys that aren't even in the portal yet but might not be necessarily happy with their situation they're gonna be looking like a EA hole so i mean there 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 are a ton of guys out there that i think that makes sense for so i don't i like i, I think either of those situations is really good for him um and I would be fine with either Yeah, I I think
1: personally, I would want him to go to Texas because I think he'll do, you know, he'll he'll be good with Sark. I think Texas will be able to then bring in some weapons and surround him, like you said. Um, I think Texas A&M would be would be tough. And then if he goes to Texas A&M, too, you got Haynes King, who people are are hyping up. And, you know, we can talk about his ADP then later, but that's his ADP is fairly high. Um, he's got to be gone then. If Quinn Ewers goes there, Connor Weigman committed to Texas A&M. Um, he's a five-star, I believe, right? I believe Ewers? he's a 5 No, 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 Weigman.
0: Oh, Weigman? Uh, some services a- he is. I don't know if in the composite he is or not.
1: Um, Let me pull it up here real quick. Weigman is a five-star in the composite. So five-star kid, already committed to Texas A&M. You know, where does he go then after that? Uh, He's also a big baseball recruit. Maybe he goes there and plays baseball, although it seems like he, ever since he became a five star, you know, he's everything he has said has been he wants to play both. He could have gotten drafted and chose not to this year. Um, So we'll see where he ends up then. I think viewers going to AM would cause a lot of ripples. Whereas if he goes to Texas, it's just kind of Hudson Card and it's getting lonely on Hudson Card Island. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, he's a bum. Um. All right, next name here, Colin. We've got a guy coming out of the portal. We've actually got a couple guys tonight we get to talk about coming out of the portal. Jaden Hasselwood, formerly of Oklahoma, former uh, five-star kid there. Uh, I believe he was the top-rated wide receiver in his class in 2019. He is headed to Arkansas. He said to Arkansas, guys, to team up with K.J. Jefferson, with their stable of running backs, with probably Trey Knox, um, we have somebody in our discord who has been fairly connected to Arkansas and has generally given us pretty darn good information, saying that Traylon Burks is thinking about coming back to school next year, which is a totally different discussion for a totally different day. Um, but I mean, he's, uh, they don't really have a number two wide receiver behind Burks there. So I think this could be a really good thing for that offense and for Hasselwood, who seemed to rehab himself a little bit in the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely worse places he could have gone. Uh, I just, I don't know how much I love KJ Jefferson being able to support, you know, more than one fantasy relevant wide receiver. Uh, I don't know if, I just don't know if he's that level of passer. And if Burks comes back, then, you know, Hazelwood's, I I don't, I don't know if I see him putting up the numbers that he would need to. Now, if, if Burks goes, then yeah, I think that he could be great there, but as long as KJ Jefferson's there and then what they Malik Hornsby behind him. I don't really love Malik Hornsby um, as a passer either. So this just isn't really a passing offense that I'm super intrigued by. So I don't love the fit for Hazelwood. It doesn't raise his stock for me.
0: I think it raises it for me a little bit. Cause I think we knew what he was at Oklahoma now. We don't know what he'll be at Arkansas. I don't know what he could, what, you know, what we don't know might be more intriguing than what we did know at Oklahoma. So, um, well, I mean, he could have stayed at
1: Oklahoma, you know, with how many people are in the portal. Now, Mims is in the portal. Weiss is in the portal. Caleb Williams, not in the portal yet. So yes. yes, he could have stayed there potentially, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't raise it for me. It's just, it's lukewarm.
0: All right, Colin, what if, what does this do to you? Actually, this isn't an in and out because in the last 36 hours, both directions have happened. Tyon Evans, running back from Tennessee, entered the portal. He is now at Louisville. He's going to Louisville along with uh, D Wiggins, um, the bizarro world version of T Higgins. Not as good. <laughs> um, good, bad. I, I mean, it I probably makes us sad for Travion Cooley, but who looked pretty strong down the stretch, actually. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. I liked like, Travion Cooley was starting to pick it up down the stretch and making you feel pretty good about year two. Um, I don't know. Tyon Evans, he was a Juco guy. Then he went to Tennessee. Kind of split carries there and never really established himself. I don't know if I think he was going to establish himself over Travion, but I think either way it'll be like a split. So yeah, I don't. I don't love it for Evans. Definitely don't love it for Cooley because it definitely gives them a little bit more competition now. But well, somebody that I do like it for is Jabari Small. I mean, Jalen Wright is still there, but it was really Small and Evans most of the season. And now Evans isn't there. So I I, I think I like this for Small from Tennessee.
0: It was right down the stretch, though, just to throw that out there, too.
1: Yeah, Small was banged up, though, for a little while, wasn't he? Was he he healthy down the stretch? I don't believe
0: completely, but I don't know
1: exactly. So... But either way, it clears up some of that
0: for him. Yeah, I um, I think it's a good match for him. Malik Cunningham supposedly is coming back next year. They bring back the large portion of their useful offense. Um, if they could get him a real wide receiver, I think that'd be fun to watch. Um, I think it's going to be a run-heavy attack. Um, I wonder if this negates any of Malik Cunningham's floor or see like ceiling a little bit you know his 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 rushing ability um remains to be seen Uh, but definitely an interesting landing spot there for them how about another guy that's out of the portal colin lynn J dixon formerly of clemson headed to west virginia this one's gone a little under the radar i haven't seen a lot of people talking about this so much Uh, we don't know what's happening with letty brown yet will he stay will he go um, and they did bring in Jalen Anderson last year uh, was not able to play this year. I believe there was an eligibility issue there, but he has said repeatedly that he will be there next year. Um, so do we like this for Dixon from one backfield? He was probably going to never play into one that he could be a rotational piece. I don't know if he'll be the lead guy there.
1: Yeah, no, I think this was a good one for Dixon. You know, writing was kind of on the wall at Clemson, so he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to get touches there. You know, Pace jumped in prior or um, Shipley jumped in. They're not really bringing in anybody big this year, um, but they have guys ahead of him already. Phil Maffa still there. So he needed to get out of Dodge and he recognized that. So good for him. And I think WVU can be a solid landing spot for him. You know, I, I, he'll have a role there, like you said. So it's better than the alternative. And I, I don't think he's necessarily the type of guy who needs to go down to a G five. I think he has some talent. So I think this is a good landing spot all around.
0: Yeah, I, I feel pretty neutral on this one. I don't really have a, a strong feeling either way. It'll be if if Anderson does not show up there at all, he has like no competition after Brown's gone. So that that probably is an enticing uh thing for him. And I believe West Virginia is also in on or one of like kind of the two for Justin Williams. He's a kid that I like a decent amount in this 2022 class um look at me just giving away this stuff for free just <laughs> it's all these guys that i like that uh um no I, yeah I, I like justin williams a little bit as well i think he's a, a pretty good player so um he's also looking at tennessee and some other spots i mean this whole stuff because like zach evans is visiting tennessee now like it, this whole thing is playing out very very interesting okay colin another guy that's in the transfer portal speaking of tennessee Speaking of Tennessee, yes, Harrison Bailey leaving Tennessee uh, is from Georgia. Originally, he's been crystal balled back to Georgia Tech. Um, Would be a different kind of passer than they've had there recently, but maybe that's a good thing for them. Jameer, no no more Jameer Gibbs. I don't know what kind of weapons they necessarily have there. Um, Their leading receiver uh, is leaving as well. I forget his name. He was on out. He was on. Why wait till Sunday this off season? Uh, McGowan. Yeah, McGowan. Yeah, he's yeah. leaving as well. Um, so that like I I don't know if that spot makes sense for Harrison Bailey just because the cupboard's going to be so bare. You can't tell me there's not a a bigger step down that would actually be a better fit for him than Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah. Well, everybody wanted him to go to Western Kentucky. Uh, you know when they had Kitley, and it doesn't sound like that's happening. Yeah. Uh. I just I don't really like Harrison Bailey that much. I'll be honest, you know I think he was kind of propped up by the talent around him in high school, and he's fine, but not really all that interested in him. If he went to a scheme that I liked, like if he went to a school in the MAC that was losing a quarterback, sure, yeah, I'd be interested in him then. But like you said, I don't think I don't think he would want to take that big of a step down. I don't think he had to take that big of a step down, given that he had some other you know buzz around some small P5 schools. Uh, so but at at georgia tech if he ended up there not really super interested in that either Uh, i I still think jeff sims would probably beat him out to be honest with you
0: i don't know if sims is a better player but for what they have going on at georgia tech like there's just no help and the biggest knock on bailey like i don't want to he's he can move around at the pocket and stuff he's not a statue but he's not a runner and he i think he really struggles outside of the structure of an offense. Like I don't think he's really got any sort of improvisational skills at all. Whereas, Leaf Jeff Sims, like, if the play breaks down because the whole offensive line has been overpowered, like, he can do maybe something. So, I, yeah, I don't know if that's a great spot for him. I, he he should probably think a little more about that one. I like I don't I don't have a good spot for him. That just doesn't feel like a great one, and I don't think he needs to go to like I'm not going to shit on him and say he needs to go to Bowling Green or something to be relevant again. Just not.
1: Okay, Bowling That's, Green's in the MAC. I was thinking more like a Kent State, who's losing crumb. Or... Yeah, but Bowling
0: Green's in Tennessee apparently, or Kentucky, or something. I learned that the other day. I did not know that. Oh, okay. Well, so, I thought you were. I thought you were saying it because it was a MAC school, and I said MAC. No, uh, okay. No, just, just local-ish. I'm assuming he wants to stay, you know, in that 500 mile radius or whatever, like all, all around. That fair that enough.
1: Didn't you say um, Georgia? Who did
0: Georgia Southern just hire? Helton. Yeah, How, some, yeah, that's better. I think that would be a better spot than Georgia <laughs> Tech because at least the level of competition that he plays regularly isn't going to be that much. So much better than what he has around him.
1: Yeah, just, yeah. Go to Georgia Southern.
0: Who would Who <laughs> would have thought we'd say that? They just hired some like a, an offensive coach there too. That was, um, yeah, they said. hired uh, somebody off of Western
1: Kentucky staff.
0: Their quarterback coach.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, to be their offense coordinator. Yeah, so. Could be interesting. Maybe. Uh, I, I Maybe I'll give him a call. I'll get Harris <laughs> Bailey on the phone. Um, Kanata Mumfield, last one here that we're going to go into any detail on. Um, why does he were from Akron? I know he's been a big Campus to Canton favorite. Um, Matt did a big article on him. Felix did a nice video on him on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't checked out our YouTube vine- uh, channel, we're really starting to crank out some video content here, guys. Um, so I'd go check that out. Subscribe over there. Um, and see what we've got going on, but he Felix did a whole video on kind of him as a route runner. He's he's pretty darn good for a kid at Akron. Um, but he's leaving. He's leaving there. He's going to be in the portal. We're all assuming he's going to get some sort of Power Five offers. Yeah, or at least you know Memphis or like an like a legitimate G five program is probably going to want him. Cincinnati zips like that. Like I so I mean the Zips did just bring in Joe Morehead. Yeah, that was that's worth. Um, but apparently that, that, doesn't, that doesn't necessarily jive with what Kanata Mumfield wanted. I mean, how high can Kanata Mumfield go here, Colin? What level is a good
1: spot for him? Um, I, I mean, I think we can kind of take a look at what Mum or what Ty, um, Richards is doing, Tyrese Richards or Chambers um, from FIU. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can kind of look at what he's doing and some of the offers he's getting, I think, is something you can maybe use as a measuring stick for canada mumfield so maybe maybe a, a purdue i think would be okay i think that'd be a solid get um you know a, a school like that you know maybe i'm trying to think of something in the acc
0: maybe pit you know yeah send away to pit yeah ACC Maybe some, champion pit to you. Son. You know, Wake
1: Forest, something like that. Somewhere along that level. Purdue, Wake Forest, pits pits above those two. I'll give
0: you that. Maybe like a
1: Purdue or Wake Forest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think and if he, there's a lot of schools in that area, that 500-mile radius that could really, really use him. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because he's got nice size. I think he's a pretty solid athlete. You know, he's not amazing. Also yeah. kind of difficult to tell on the Mac there. So, I'd, yeah, the step-up will be... I mean, if he if he can't make it where he goes, then he probably was never going to make it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's a great kind of mindset to have for these kids. You know, I, I might as well do this because if I don't do this, then... Like, I wasn't going to do it What? Anyway. Yeah, what am I even you doing know. here? So I think that's a good spot for him. Some honorable mentions here, guys. And then we're going to get into a little um, ADP uh, game. We've got we've got some some a little more fleshed out data than last week when I talked to everybody or as Mr. Uh, Robbie Alps said, yeah, he really appreciates when I just yell at everybody for, <laughs> for 30 <laughs> minutes on the solo pod. Um, I thought I kept my voice at maybe like a five out of 10. I think it only touched higher than that once or twice. Um, honorable mentions guys, Ricky white, the wide receiver from Michigan state has apparently entered the portal missed this year with uh, just some personal issues. Does he go back closer to home? He's from Georgia. He played in high school with Harrison Bailey. Send them both to Georgia Southern. Rekindle that partnership. Send Eric Gilbert there while we're We get the, get the band back together at Georgia Southern. That would be a, a fun story there. Uh, Jaden Blue, wide receiver from Temple, decided he didn't want to play with Juan Mathis anymore. I cannot for the life of me figure out why he wouldn't want to. Um, <laughs> but uh, an interesting, experienced wide receiver that's going to be in the portal there for anybody maybe looking for a third or fourth guy. And then Michael Pittman former Debbie darling really hasn't done much brother of Michael Pittman. That family is very creative with naming name or naming these kids. <laughs> um, any of those names intriguing to you at all, Colin, depending on you know where they end up. Uh, I think it depends where they end up. I think all of these guys could be solid in the right scheme.
1: You know, Jaden blue was able to put up some decent fantasy relevant numbers the past two years at temple, which is an accomplishment in and of its own right. Um, Ricky white will be intriguing depending on where he goes to, Uh, Micah Pittman has a hard time staying healthy, uh, and then you know being relevant when he is on the field. But that is at Oregon, so you know a step down could help. So they could all be guys that I would be interested in, depending on what system they go to.
0: Yeah, I mean, and White I think is the best player of the three. Yeah, I had that you know kind of big end of his freshman year uh, at Michigan State there uh and then and then injured so um time will tell for any of those guys all right colin let's let's move on from the news I'm tired of the news you know news is always bad i don't watch any of the news anymore colin. let's let's news talk about suck. something more fun this or that is the game we're going to play tonight but i do want to ask you just a little bit we have uh four mock drafts going now one of them just kicked off so not not a lot of data there um but overall we've got um let's see here the, the furthest draft i think we're into is is into the 12th round here at this point and the other two are, are getting close to that as well we've got 137 total players drafted so far across these four drafts 32 quarterbacks 56 running backs 41 wide receivers six tight ends have to give again a big shout out to our guy you Adiko, who built a really cool spreadsheet that saves me a lot of time um so shout out to him and shout out to pj uh who is running uh, all of these mocks for us at campscan.com He is the the draft guru. I truly, truly mean this when I say this. I don't think there's anybody out there that drafts or uh, sees gets their eyes on as many drafts as he does. Um, so we are we are lucky to have him for sure. Colin, any initial thoughts here just looking at, at some of this? And I, I know, obviously, you listened to me podcast about this last week, right? You, you listened to that whole episode? I actually did, yes. Wow. I listened to it on the train to New York this weekend and so, what'd you think what was my how's my performance four out of ten. Um, five out of ten uh yeah i think i think four out of ten is pretty pr- pretty accurate there it's it's um, a lot harder when i don't have someone to bounce off of you know so yeah that's what put, should have put misty on here yeah for sure misty, yeah. misty's my cat for anybody doesn't yeah. she's very cute.
1: um yeah no I I, I I i caught it i definitely liked the the breakdown and, and you're adding the uh component of the quarterbacks there because i think spencer rattler and dju are still going strictly based on name value the qb6 qb7 both going in uh in the second round um still so or no the third round i'm sorry now uh, they're going in the third round but they're, they're really just hanging around based on name value and i think that's something that's going to shift or needs to shift uh, at this point um so that was definitely one of the big takeaways that i took from from your
0: show for sure any other uh, surprising names, or you know, anybody else that maybe is getting by on name name value? I mean, it, it's still so early. Like I, I, I tried to say that multiple times when I when I talked right. about this. That it's yeah. like I don't know that we can necessarily take that much away from this, but these early drafts do shape a lot of this early stuff.
1: Yeah, they definitely do, and and you know, just beyond some of the the quarterbacks there. Um, Braylon Allen coming in at RB seven, it's kind of like what we predicted, you know, a couple weeks ago. So not that that's surprising. Um, but I think that that is, that is definitely higher than I will take him anywhere. Um, you know, maybe I miss on that one, but I just, I think it's too risky to take him that high. Um, Sean Tucker going at RB eight was actually kind of surprising to me too. I mean, he, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. It just surprises me that he got the love that quickly. Um, so that one, that one intrigues me there as well. Um, and then, you know, you, you see some of the, uh, some of the freshman running backs going in, you know, RB 10, 11, 12, uh, range, um, RB 22, 25. So we're not making, I shouldn't say we're not making the same mistake. Um, because Travion and Shipley were not mistakes, but, I think this is kind of showing you that either one, people have not quite caught up to some of the running backs yet. Uh, and two, the, perce- the perception of Travion and Shipley and their landing spots, I think, definitely heavily weighted them last year. And we're not, I don't know if, I don't think we'll see um, any of these running backs really touch where Travion went and probably not where Shipley went either
0: yeah all right colin so i i now that we've got some of your thoughts in here um let's do a little this or that game i i tweeted out one and then i decided you know this is this is probably something i should do from the campus can dog, the campus can account so i started tweeting the campus can't look account. at you account. i know company I know. man social media savvy yes I, those could have been my impressions on on twitter colin i could have been famous selfless you were selfless I, it is a word that gets thrown out about me quite often i don't know how to nominate someone for sainthood but if I did just call the Pope, I think his number's in the phone book. Um, so let's, let's play a little of this or that game call. And I, I, then let's start, I guess uh, we're going to go out of order. That's on the sheet here. I'm sorry. Let's oh, talk okay. about the one that I tweeted out first. I was sitting there and the I was looking at some of this ADP data and there was one, uh, situation in particular that really stood out to me. It's the running backs at Michigan there. They are being drafted right now, uh, in ADP back to back. RB 14 and RB 15 Edwards is, is currently going above quorum Uh, ADP overall 32.7 and 34. Um, So back and middle ish to back end of that third round uh, is where we're going to see them go. And a lot of these I tweeted out, you know, which one would you prefer? Um, And before we say what the public voted for Colin, um, I I, let's, let's make sense of it together. Which of those two do you prefer? And you can't even say at cost because they are basically the same right yeah, they're
1: basically identical. So really what it comes down to is my... And given how early they're both going as well, um, they are what? Uh, RB14, RB15 going in the third round. So I, when,
0: I said all that. I know.
1: Everybody. When, when I'm taking somebody that early, they have to have like some serious NFL potential. And I'm not saying Blake Corum doesn't, but I don't know if he's going to be... A every down back at the NFL level where I could see Edwards potentially doing that, especially given his receiving ability. Where in one game this year, he caught 10 passes like 10 passes for like 100 yards,
0: 100, in, in, 170 in, yards. Don't don't shortchange him, man <laughs> 10
1: passes, 10 catches, 170 yards. So, I mean, yeah, he's 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 doing all right as a receiver. So, I, I would take Edwards, uh, for that reason. Um, but yeah. Blake Corum definitely performed way better than I thought he would this past year. So this isn't to take anything away from Corum, but at value in that range,
0: I want to see NFL potential. And I just believe a little bit more in Edwards with that. So I actually agree with you but I guess <gasps> we should um we should give both sides of the argument here um and just to toss one of like I, Blake Corum is 5'8 200 and I think he's fairly maxed out as a fr- yeah. as far as frame goes so I think that's going to limit his NFL draft capital even if we don't necessarily want to believe that um I I do think that's going to be the case. The NFL has shown that they don't really care about smaller wide receivers anymore but smaller running backs really have kind of been a non-starter yeah. generally speaking. Kenny Gainwell fell. So yeah yeah um yeah you know, to two out well undrafted i mean some of the smaller guys this past draft did not fare very well so uh just to throw out there but um blake quorum is, is you know talking about donovan edwards catching a ton of passes blake quorum is every bit uh the versatile player that donovan edwards is there um he's performed well in special teams this year i think is a major bonus um both you know for him trying to make a roster eventually here but just you know overall his versatility I mean, he averaged almost seven yards carry this year uh, there for Michigan, double digit touchdowns. He caught 22 passes on the year. Um It was not as efficient in the passing and the receiving game as you would necessarily like him to be. Um, But I mean, I think he he's certainly a good player in his own right. I do think that concerns about his size are going to be real. That's going to really hold him back. So I do think he's got, you know, he's an explosive athlete again, probably not quite as fast as I'd want him to be at his size. I'd want him to be a tick faster, but not, he's not slow either. I think he makes an NFL roster, but I, I I I would agree. I have some concerns, but I think there's certainly an argument to be made for Quorum.
1: Yeah, I would I would think so too. Uh, and is Haskins Hassan Haskins? Is he definitely gone? I mean, with that's a, that's year, also a good know. question.
0: I I don't know. Um, if he was smart, I would think that he would want to go you know, capitalize yeah because he came on really strong here at the end of the year without quorum really playing so much he's he, a little injured who knows we'll we'll watch them playing the playoff here and see what happens um do you want to know colin what the public says 314 votes on this one the poll actually just closed oh okay yeah hit me with it donovan edwards ended up winning with 58.9 percent of the votes, so basically 60 40 which is actually about where i thought it might end up so that uh, that bored out for me and i i mean i judging by the answers in the poll here, just kind of looking at what people uh, mentioned. Well, no one really gave me a really good answer as to why Um, (laughs) this is closer than I expected. Fantastic question. Why is there no C results option? I, I didn't get a lot of really good feedback on the replies, unfortunately, but I, I Edwards is bigger. That matters a lot. And he's very good in the passing game as well. So, yeah,
1: I I understand the point of the C results, but, You know that also does take away from people from answers you know have you know have an opinion stick to it um you know or or at least be willing to anonymously guess into a poll
0: yeah they said that they didn't want to skew the results um with their vote which i get
1: i I, I get Um, that for sure i do too but i i don't i mean i've and i see the c results ones out there but i don't ever put C results because if i'm going to take the time to stop and read a poll and give it some actual thought and i think like oh i wonder i wonder who this is like if if i actually stop on a poll i'm gonna give like a a my thoughts on it just so i can see it just to help the poll out but that's right
0: yes all right so let's um that's never not wanted to share my opinion Uh, we are aware (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right colin next one here how about let's talk freshman quarterbacks a little bit we talked that and I talked and you just mentioned those as well. There is a lot, there's a quarterback dead zone again this year, guys. It's going to be there. It's going to happen. There appear to be a bunch of true freshman quarterbacks in there, including Sam Huard, who I did not put in this poll. Um, But, but the question was which freshman quarterback would you prefer? That's currently in the quarterback dead zone. The four names that I listed, Ty Thompson at Oregon, Drake may at UNC Tyler Butchner, Butchner. I don't it's It's Buchner. I don't know why they refuse to pronounce it like that, but that is the correct pronunciation of that name. At Notre Dame and JJ McCarthy at Michigan. Uh, Interesting results. This is kind of, this actually really shifted as this has gone on. Um, Before I give the answer, which one would you prefer, Colin? Um, So I did did vote in this
1: poll as well. Um, uh, My answer was Ty Thompson. And that shouldn't really surprise anybody. You, um,
0: you're in the minority just so I know
1: I know it shouldn't okay. really surprise anybody given the the comments that I've made on the shows and on, on other shows as well uh, that you know I've kind of always been on Ty Thompson I like him I think he's very talented. Now the mass exodus at Oregon uh, definitely definitely hurts Ty Thompson. Uh, it'll who they bring in there to help him develop will be very intriguing and that's going to have a big impact in his value and if they bring in somebody else with them you know if i don't have any names i don't know who's going to go there at this point but if somebody brings a quarterback there and he doesn't get a chance to start this year despite what i think about him he's gonna have to fall Uh, but given the unknown we don't know the answer to those questions i would still take thomas or i mean uh, thompson But um, Butchner,
0: Buchner would be uh, my number two. So I actually have a hard time with this question because I think, you know, we talked ad nauseum on this show and Debbie Debate this past year about quarterbacks. Obviously, they're fairly important. important. Yeah. And I consistently said that when I was looking at my quarterbacks, I believe at the time I had Jackson Dart as my QB 16 and I had him above all of these guys except for Buchner. I said Jackson Dart is the last quarterback that I feel is almost a certainty to take the job at his current school and then I still feel okay about an NFL future there. He was kind of the cutoff. After that, I no longer felt good about either of those two things and or I didn't get the combination of those two things out of one guy. And I still think that holds true for me when I talk about any of them. I'm still not sure Ty Thompson gets that job, new coach. Like, what if Chip, Kelly, Chip Kelly goes there back? I've heard a rumor about that. Yeah, I heard that too. And, and I mean, Chip like I said, Kelly was trying to get Spencer Rattler at UCLA. So what if – those two go to oregon yeah that could be big
1: and like i said i'm i'm fully prepared to based on whoever goes there to adjust ty thompson's ranking but since we don't know the answer to that yet i'm just basing it solely off of my previous thoughts on ty thompson i there has not been enough there yet to make me move him down and i am a little bit slower to move so that definitely uh Definitely tracks with me, but uh, once he, once we know who's there, I could see Buckner
0: jumping him for me. So the uh, correct, the correct answer to this question is none of the above. This was a trick question, guys. None oh, of the above. Uh, that always gets me.
1: None of the above, all of the above, A and C, but not B.
0: I set this up just to trick you, Colin. Um, yeah. So you're welcome. Um, Just like listen to the ADP guys uh, of these four players uh, uh Tyler Butchner is quarterback 11 he's going 53rd overall Drake Jake Drake May is QB 12 he's going 55th overall Sam Heward I'll throw him in here is going QB 14 58.5 overall JJ McCarthy quarterback 15 58 and a half so they're basically tied there and then uh Ty Thompson is going QB 22 I don't think that's a horrible a range that listen to some of the other players that are going in that range, Colin. Alton McCaskill, Deuce Vaughn, Tavion Thomas, Trevante Citizen, Jermaine Burton, Evan Stewart, Don Tavian Wicks, Bo Collins, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, is Marvin Harrison Jr. is in that range. Forty-seven. He's not that far off. Ty I Tom's mean, is a seventy-seven. Yeah, he's really. I mean, if you're talking seventy-seven, then you you can throw in there. I you know the the McMillans. Uh, yeah. Of the world, you can throw in. I mean, Darko's Hunter, Brandon Thomas, Joker Marks, yeah, Corey Kiner, Jalen <laughs> Knighton, <laughs> uh, Gavin Satcha, Kane. I mean, there, there's a lot of other uh, talent there. If you drop even a few spots lower, I, I just don't think that's necessarily a good allocation of value. I'll
1: agree with you on the first three, um, Buchner, May, and McCarthy, but because Buchner's value is priced i don't want to say at his ceiling but it's priced pretty high there is no discount there i think you're getting a discount now with ty thompson um what was his adp last year i don't remember um exactly what it was let me see if i can find it here quick 83 83 yeah um, yeah so he i mean he had an adp of, of 83 last year so it's, it's kind of right in that same ballpark uh, so you know, whereas the other guys have definitely
0: risen in in value or uh, in in their price tag. Do you want to hear the quarterbacks that went in that range last year uh, by the end of the offseason? I don't think I'm going to love the answers to this, but sure. Jt Daniels, Malik Willis, Tyler Butchner, Sam Heward, Desmond Ritter, Drake Meg, Grayson McCall, Kyle McCord, Brock Vandergriff, Hudson Card. If you want to throw him in there. That's the range that all these guys went in. That's why we talk about this as a quarterback dead zone, guys. You're probably not happy with your return on any of those guys. Maybe Desmond Ritter. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's fair. Definitely fair. If I can give one piece of advice and you guys aren't going to listen to me anyway, but it's fine. (laughs) Resit. If you haven't, if you don't get Bryce Young and, you know, Dart or whoever doesn't fall to an acceptable range. Wait, please wait until like the twelfth to fifteenth round to take a quarterback, guys. You are wasting. You are literally just flushing value down the toilet. Don't think, well, I can find the one guy. Because guess what? Odds are you probably cannot. There just isn't a lot there to work with. It's not a you problem. It's the players' problem. It's kind of an it's kind of an us problem. Everybody but you. No, it's, it's no, it's not anybody's problem. It's just it's, those guys aren't. No, good. it is. It's not that they're not good. It's just that they have a
1: lot of other factors that make it a big question mark. There's definitely some things that are appealing. Like a lot of them are those guys are at big schools. Big schools have a ten- more a higher tendency to put guys into the NFL, but they also have a higher tendency to bring in other talented players. And I don't know if any of those other schools have a track record of really developing quarterbacks outside of maybe North Carolina with Sam Howell.
0: So um, let's let's reveal what the public said. So 210 votes on this so far up to this point. J.J. McCarthy currently in the lead, 34.8%. Butchner second, 30%. Drake May third with 21.4%. Ty Thompson is last, 13.8%. So um, there is that one. Let's talk tight ends, Colin. Let's skip to the tight ends. How's that sound? sounds good to me we 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 neglect them a lot we do so we asked which tight end if you had to choose between two players in a campus startup who would you select michael Mayer, brock bowers uh we did put a c results one on this one um and don't take it away colin which one do you want um
1: i want michael Mayer. he's done it for two years very high recruit uh you know offensive staff really stays the same. They don't really have a lot of other playmakers outside at the wide receiver position that I love. So I think Michael Mayer is at a nice crossroads of college production, especially given the, you know, spottiness of tight ends producing even in college and pro potential. Um, So this is a pretty easy Michael Mayer for me.
0: It's a pretty easy Brock Bowers for me. He's just infinitely more explosive. He's averaged almost 17 yards of reception this year. Michael Mayer's best ever is 12. Michael Mayer's ceiling is Zach Ertz. It's a really good player. In my opinion, Brock Bauer's ceiling is, like, as for fantasy, like George Kittle. He'll never be the blocker, but, like, as a passing weapon. He's that level of a, a, a passing weapon. So so he's the tight end one for you now? Yes. It's like you don't even follow my Twitter feed religiously, Colin. I said that on Sunday. Gosh. I was on vacation. Uh-huh. I was on vacation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky I kept up as much as I did. I did some work over vacation, by the yeah. way. So I you're bet. welcome. But I I don't doubt Bowers. You know, Bowers is my, my tight end, too, I think, at this point. Um, but... I just mayors done it consistently for two years. I think it's a lot safer and tight end is, is very
0: volatile. Brock Bauer is also coming from a team that famously never uses the tight end. And all of a sudden when he's there, uses it a shit ton. I think that also, speaks that speaks volumes as well.
1: I think that's, that's, that says something, but it, does it say more about Stetson Bennett? I think it might. What about Stetson Bennett?
0: QB one. That he's the goat? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I think it might say something about Stetson Bennett. You know, we were ripping Stetson Bennett all offseason about how he doesn't push the ball downfield at all. You know? So,
0: I, I don't know. Does Jack Cohen I, push the ball downfield at all? No, but Jack, I mean, there's nobody else there. And there's a lot of people at Georgia, and he still outperformed them all. That's thank you, Colin, for selling my point. All right, let's go to the let's hey, go to the board. But can you here. count on? I don't know if he can count on Bowers to have the same production next year. Oh, I'm, he's going to double it. Let's go to the board. Book it, book it. Someone hold <laughs> me to that. Please don't. I didn't actually mean that. Um, so far, guys, 83 votes right now. C results has 3.6. That pesky C results, but the votes that matter. Brock Bowers 55.4. Michael Mayer, 41%. I thought it would be a little bit closer. Reaction to that SEC championship game where Bach Bowers went bonkers? Probably. Maybe. maybe. Um, But I think it's been stewing for a few weeks now. So um, I I don't blame anybody. All right, Colin. um, What if Eric Gilbert does actually really come back? It's a good question. It seems like that's very unlikely from what everyone that I know that's kind of around that program has told me. I Um, I thought
1: I saw something in the uh, one CFF discord that we're in
0: that said they thought he was going to be back next year. He's trying to work his way back. Mm. But multiple Georgia fans that I've talked to on the side have said that they doubt that he comes back next year. They doubt that he ever plays again at Georgia. Interesting. So just interesting there. That was our speculation. Hats guys. Um, Last one that we have a poll for, and then we have one last one to talk about um, which Georgia quarterback do you prefer in campus startups so far? Right now we, we asked, is it Brock Vandergriff or it's Gunnar Stockton? We don't really care about Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels it has lost a ton of value. Um, but the two young quarterbacks there are still kicking on strong. Brock Vandergriff right now is quarterback 17 in our ADP 66 and a half overall average ADP. Meanwhile, Gunner Stockton is two spots behind him at quarterback 19. He's going 72nd overall. Um, Fallon, which do you prefer?
1: I prefer Gunner Stockton. Now, the one caveat here is that Georgia has a history of playing the lesser talented quarterback and just kind of wanting their quarterback to manage the game. That's kind of all they want. That's yeah, you know, they wanted from, they want Bennett because they both manage the game better, you know that's just kind of Kirby Smart's philosophy. It's kind of what he wants, and I think that Gunner Stockton is kind of a gunslinger. You know, he, you know, I, I struggle to say, you know, he's a true gunslinger, but because he does throw a lot of the deep balls, and I think it's a lot of the offense. But I think he, you know he he knows he has a good arm. And he's not afraid to test windows. So, you know, I, I, I think he is, he's close to a gunslinger. And I think that that could be something that drives Kirby smarts nuts, you know, especially early on as he's learning to play the quarterback position at the college level, he's going to make some mistakes. They all do, but I, that's could be something that hurts him in the eyes of uh, Kirby smart. But I think he's more talented. I don't think Brock Vandegrift is all that talented. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's fine, I guess. But I, I would take Stockton. Uh, but I don't love any of the quarterbacks that go to Georgia, actually. You know, it's just not a great place for quarterback development.
0: I think for purposes of this question, let's not uh, inject any opinion or guesswork into it. Let's just talk about what we already know. Or okay. what we're know we're pretty sure about. I think we're pretty sure that that at least one of Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels is back next year, possibly both. Is that, I think that's pretty, pretty fair to say? Um, I think
1: Bennett is likely back. Mm-hmm. I think JT Daniels needs to go. You know, whether he trip. does
0: or not, I don't know.
1: I don't know. But he can't, he has a city year two, I think. Yeah. So that, that, that's really tough for him. But, I don't think Kirby Smart goes away from Bennett if Bennett comes back. And I think Bennett comes back. Right. So no speculation, though, Colin. We said we're only going to talk about the facts here. Come on. The facts broken. are he has chosen Bennett over
0: Daniels before. So. Stop. That's where the facts part stops and where the analysis begins. Okay. That's the cutoff. Okay. That's okay. It. Cut it. Okay. All right. We know. We know that. We know that Brock Vandergriff is at best the QB3 there on the depth chart and might be lower than that. They've got some other guys there, including Carson Beck, who was rumored Separated. to be the next guy up yeah, if Ben couldn't go that one yeah. Yes. So at best, he was QB4 on the depth chart for much to this year. In high school, basically beat up on the Little Sisters of the Poor every week. <laughs> Really, really low level of competition. We know that Gunner Stockton just broke Trevor Lawrence and and Deshaun Watson's high school passing touchdowns record in the state of Tennessee. I believe. I think it's Georgia. Are they from Georgia? They're like right on the border. I forget which side of the border they're. Almost on. positive it's Georgia. So yeah, regardless, Georgia. yeah, okay. So Gunner Stockton just broke that record. Is going there to Georgia. Now we can open up the analysis gate. All those facts oh, on the okay. table, I don't know how anybody could vote for, Gunner, for, for Brock Vandergriff in this. Brock Vandergriff is toast at Georgia. You really have to hope that he goes somewhere else. And there is no rumor that he's leaving there this offseason. He's from, also from Georgia, I think. Yes, he is. I wouldn't touch Brock Vandergriff in the 25th round of a draft. No. I think it's a waste of a pick. I have no Brock Vandergriff. mm um, just a very, very odd one to me. Um, I think people, I think this will settle a little bit. Cause like right now it's really tough. Cause we don't know who's returning. We don't know where the portal guys are going to land. We don't even know where coaches are going to be necessarily yet. Recruits. So I do think a lot, a lot of this is relying more on just last year's names. And it will by the time like may is here or even maybe earlier than that. But for right. like, I think right now that's what's happening and it's, it, you're going to see a lot of Vandergriffs and Hewords who's probably been, you know, jumped by Jake Kane, or like, I, you're going to see a lot of those guys go way earlier than they probably should. Yeah. DJ, Yu and Spencer Rattler, I think are both probably still fall probably fall in that category as well. So, and just to say what the public voted here, guys, this has been going back and forth, actually, but very yeah. interesting to watch here. Currently we're 99 votes in Gunnar Stockton has 54 and a half percent. Brock Vandergriff has 45 and a half percent. So, um, that is where that one's at last one column. We did not do a poll on this yet. We probably should, uh, just, just a little <laughs> bit of a laugh here. We're not spending very much time on this. Which terrible year three wide receiver do you prefer? Demond DeMoss or Julian Fleming? Once again, they are being way overdrafted. Once again, they are going back to back. Demond DeMoss <laughs> wide receiver 25, Julian Fleming wide receiver 26. Overall average ADP between the two of them, 78 and a half and 80. So like beginning of the seventh round. Um, if I have to suffer through another offseason of this, I'm just gonna put my head through a window.
1: Please make prepare it to, stop. Please make to put it. Put your stop. head through a window. Especially if Quinn Ewers ends up at AM, because people are gonna want to hype up Damon Damas again. They're gonna want to make him a thing. Um, which one out of the two would I prefer? Damas? If I had to pick one, um, For, you know, one of the reasons that I said, he's, you know, could have a potentially very good quarterback there. Um, But he's also, you know, he had that one big game this year. He had a flash in the sun. And we also thought he was going to take a little bit longer to develop just because he was such a raw receiver and he's such a good athlete. So if I have to pick one of the two, I'm going to take DeMoss, but I will not have either of these guys.
0: I'll take Fleming because he's at a school that actually and with a coach that actually knows how to develop a wide receiver. Jimbo Fisher has no clue. That's a good point. Um, but regardless, I think both of them are just that's way overdrafting. Um, all right, Colin, let's wrap this up. Freshman profiles. Uh, if you want to take it first again, last week we talked about um, Jadon Blue and Emmanuel Henderson, two higher rated guys again this week. Who you got? Uh, this week, another higher rated guy. You know, like I said, we're kind of starting at the top
1: here. But I have Branson Robinson running back uh, committed to Georgia at this point. Uh, he is the running back three in the consensus. Four-star guy out of uh, Germantown, Mississippi. 5'10", 222 pounds. Um, I think he has very good speed for his size. You see several breakaway runs. You know, he's already 220 pounds. So, you know, I don't expect him to be running a 4'4". But for his size, I think it's pretty good. Like I said, several breakaway runs. But I think he's a very patient runner. He waits for the blocks to develop. He waits for the lane to open up. He sets up blocks and follows them well at the next level. Um, like I say he's 220 pounds already, so he's solidly built. Very good contact balance, easily sheds arm tackles, bounces off hit. Uh, but I think he also does a good job of incorporating some lateral agility, some jukes, some cuts, so that way he doesn't take on contact square. Although I think he could uh, do that very well. I think he could power use power. Um, which is something that I questioned with um, Emmanuel Henderson. Um, Khan's is solid al- agility, but I would definitely not call him shifty. Again, for 220 pounds, I think it's okay, but it's not a plus. I think he shows the ability to lower his shoulder, take on defenders. Would like to see a little bit more head on. Um, and he has limited pass catching opportunities at this point. So it is something I do need to see more of. Uh, he's my running back too right now. He's, I think he's a very good prospect. He checks a lot of boxes, size, speed, athleticism, patience, um, production. Uh, you know, he has good production in high school there for several years. Uh, I think he's a high Debbie ceiling, but going to Georgia with other talented RBs, and it's a situation where they do like to split running back touches. So I don't think he's going to have a lot of production on the college side of things. So you are taking him for his Debbie value.
0: Yeah, I I mean he's got everything, and he's going to be at Georgia. Um, Georgia's had some very bad luck with top running back recruits lately. I'm really hoping that's not the case with Robinson. I, I'm hoping that he can avoid any sort of um, bad luck there, and 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 reach his potential. His potential is a you know top fifty pick. Yeah. I, I hate saying he's going to be a first you know potential first because run running because back. we never know what's running backs. It's all over the map. Yeah but um, top 50 certainly in play there. Um, all right, guys. I chose Shaz Preston, uh, wide receiver. Uh, undecided what school he's going to yet. Crystal ball to LSU, but there's some rumblings of some other places. Six foot 190, uh, goes to high school in Louisiana, St. James High School there. Um, so, so the hometown guy, uh, maybe Brian Kelly can go out and kind of put his stamp on this class. Uh, with him he is the number six overall wide receiver in the composite 24 sports is considerably lower on him wide receiver 17 which I find very interesting um, I have Shaz as a top five wide receiver in this class right now um, I, I like his profile he kind of fits what I like at the position He's he's got that positional versatility i think he could play slot i think he could play boundary and i think he can do both at a pretty decent level he's got a very strong yak profile in my opinion he's not the craziest fast twitch kind of guy um but he he's more than you know he's a really good athlete and he's he's bigger he can kind of bully you if he needs to um he he's very explosive you know especially first step off the line of scrimmage uh, he he's he generally kind of can win right at the line of scrimmage i think it, it is a nice skill for a high school wide receiver Um, And the foundation, I think, for a good route runner is there. But he has a lot of extra movement, and he he needs to get a little bit crisper in and out of his cuts, I think. Uh, But I think that's something that can easily uh, be learned there uh, in college over the next couple of years. And then just one other comment I had on his hands, I think he lets the ball get into his body a little too often. Uh, I want to see him, you know, good technique kind of catching out away from him uh at times Uh, so not the perfect prospect by any means but i think there's a lot of potential uh there for him a lot of natural gifts um so if he can clean those things up i think he can be a first round draft pick or a top 50 pick or whatever you want to label it um and i think that he is going to actually be a good value in drafts so far has he even gone in any of our drafts so far colin i don't believe so no yeah, and, and, and some other freshmen that have gone ahead of him that I actually, I mean, I, I've moved Talon Shetron down and I no longer have him ahead of him. Um, Caden Saunders has gone before him, Andre Green, Luther Burden, um, Evan Stewart. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's not going in the top 8 to 10. Actually, we have it broken out by year. Uh, we've had 24, 20, 25 players taken so far, and he's not been amongst them yet. Interesting. So- So, um, yeah, he's looking like he might be a good value early on in some of these drafts. LSU might not be the best landing spot for him actually, because they had a huge class go in there last year, but I don't know where else he would go in terms of of, of landing spots. So there's been some Bama rumors as well, but he's not crystal ball there at all. And they have an enormous wide receiver class coming in this year. Like, yeah, bonkers wide receiver class, um, in terms of like number of people in it. I don't, I don't really love any of them, but so.
1: Yeah. I think uh one thing I'll say about him going to LSU is, uh, you know, they brought that trio in there before, but they have a brand new coach, Brian Kelly. We don't know what those guys are thinking at this point. It wouldn't surprise me. And I actually think one of them is likely to end up in the portal. And it's actually a quartet because Malik neighbors is there too. He had to flash here or there as well. So, I think at least one of those guys, maybe two of them leave. So it's not, maybe not quite as crowded as, as what it appears, but I, I agree with you. I don't
0: necessarily love the landing spot. Yeah. Like I, I, I would rather him be a, like Texas or something. I think that'd be interesting. Um, he, he could be the guy like him and Xavier Word. they could be an awesome, like, Different combo. Like they don't, there's no overlapping skill set at all there. <laughs> um, so, so it would be really, really interesting to see. But I like Sh- Preston Falls for me. I, I call it like the, like the Egmeka, Egbuka, Juju, like plane of player where like they might most likely be, like, be most effective as kind of that, that um, flexible type slot player that you can kind of move around and play around with a little bit. Um, and because they don't have like amazing long speed. Ibuka does not have amazing long speed. He's he had two long catches or two long plays that he got caught from behind really easily this year. Juju obviously had those two ninety nine yard touchdowns early in his career, but like isn't a burner by any sense of the imagination. I think he falls kind of into that prototype. So, which is a good player. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, ceiling might be limited a little bit, but hey, whatever. Um, so that's gonna do it for our show today, guys. Just a couple of last minute housekeeping items for you if you have not yet reviewed and rated the web or the um, uh, the podcast please go ahead and do that we do all sorts of giveaways and fun stuff like that uh, as time goes by we'll probably have one coming up here shortly so go ahead and do that likewise if you have not checked out CampusDecant.com, go ahead ahead over there see everything we've got going on over there we've got the podcasts here on the channel why wait till Sunday fantasy football roundtable Debbie debate and obviously us We've got articles, we've got rankings, we've got the ADP machine. Like I said, fired back up here. We've got the coaching metrics. We've got our Discord. Go ahead, check all of those things out. Two ninety nine a month if you want to join us. Twenty nine ninety nine per year. Um, YouTube channel, subscribe over there. We already kind of plugged that a little bit. Uh, we are doing a lot more videos, guys. Um, and we're gonna keep them coming this off season too. Yeah signing day early signing days in like a week and a half we're gonna have some fun stuff out for that so um all this to say just go check out everything we're doing guys you won't be disappointed a lot of it's free only some of it's behind the paywall so um so go, yeah go ahead check all that stuff out guys we will be back later this week with can't bound colin you're gonna be around finally for once yeah yeah i am okay cool um so until then though guys i am austin Hey, and this is colin and have a good week